In your bulletin, uh, there is a little leaflet there that you will find the re, um, responsive reading, which we will use in a moment if you be gathering that and have that ready. John, this is your and Linda's night in honor of, the, of our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. I am looking for my place. I have seemed to have lost it. I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you very much. Used to in school, if that will happen, I'd have run back and sat down right quick. <laughs> it shows to you that your pastor is human. Chapter 3. This is a true saying. Understand that. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, then husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no stricter, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the house of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them that are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-toned, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in the pure conscience, and let these also first be proved, then let him use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Even so must the wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons of the husband of one wife ruling their children in their own house as well. For they that have used the office of a deacon will purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the opportunity tonight and the life of our church to ordain another one of our men. Lord, I pray that you'd bless in this service and make your presence known in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been going on many, 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 many years. I was sitting there also thinking about when I was asked in Friendship Baptist Church if I would consider being a deacon in the service of ordination. I remember, and of course one thing led to another. It was just God's way of drawing me closer, uh, walk with him, uh, that eventually led to my surrendering uh, to preach the gospel. Uh, but the deacon ordination is, is scripture. It's not something that man came up with. It is scripture. And um, I want to just say thank you for all of you men uh, who are deacons here tonight, whether you are active or not active. I don't like to use the word active and inactive, but 
all of you that are faithful to this church, whether you're serving at this time uh, or, or you have rotated off is beside the point. But I just want to thank all of you and your uh, wives uh, for the, what you have been uh, in the life and what you are uh, in the life of this church. Uh, someone has said, well, do we have to have them? No, we don't have to have them, but we need them. That's the way I see it. We need them. And God knows, uh, you know, that we need him. And so it's an example to set. Uh, it is a, a high calling of the ministry uh, for a man to accept the call uh, to become a deacon. In verse 8, it begins, um, be grave. In other words, that's simply serious about the work of the Lord. And when I think of the work of the Lord, I think of his will. You know, his will is important. And we need to know what his will is for our life. And we need to find that will and go forward with that will. And think about that will. That will, once we find the will of God, will lead us to the work of God. And then that will lead us in the way of God. You see, it's important that we know the will and do the work and know that we're in the way serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we're going to stand before God. And we're going to give an account of the life in which we've lived. So it needs to be a grave life. It will have nothing to do with death but a serious walk and work with the Lord. Not double-tongued, he says. Well, say what you mean and mean what you say. And I am one sometimes to say things out of turn. And we all are that away. And we need to be quick if we have done that, if we have said that, to go and apologize. That is the least thing we can do. And when people don't accept that apology, then the, the book's on them, okay? But we need to be sure we go to them and say, hey, I'm sorry I said what I said. I'm sorry I did what I did. I shouldn't have done it. Please accept my apology. Here again, they might and they might not. But say what you mean and mean what you say and do not lie. It says not given to much wine. Now, I've been approached many times uh, about this. Well, uh, what, what's wrong with a, a beer? Well, I'm not going to say anything is wrong with it. It won't send a person to hell. But what does it do to your testimony? Okay? We go out to eat a lot. And a lot of places we go, hey, they serve the wine and serve the beer. But what would it look like if you walked in the restaurant and there Lynn and I sit and a beer on the table? Hello? Wouldn't look good, would it? It wouldn't speak on volume for me, that's for sure. And I, many times people say, well, why don't you? I said, well, you know, what convicts me may not convict you, and so therefore I can't do it. Now, it, it makes me proud uh, that God has allowed me to stay away from that, okay? And, and hey, if that's you, that's fine. That's between you and God, not between me and you. But, uh, you know, recently I've been having a lot of doctor's appointments and, and they'll uh, check me all out and they say, uh, have you ever smoked? I said, never. Have you ever drank? I said, never. And one of them said, are you kidding? I said, no, I'm not kidding. And I thank God for that being a part of my testimony. Uh, not given too much wine. Now, I know what the Bible says, a little wine for the stomach. Okay? No problem. But you can let that become something that you wish it might not have been, okay? Because one thing leads to another. Yes, I have taken wine for my stomach, been years ago, and it helped. But it's not something that I do. 
uh, you won't find it in our uh, house, okay? Now, I won't tell you who gave it to me. It's sitting on the shelf. <laughs> I wouldn't dare tell you who gave it to me. Georgia Moonshine. It's, it's legal and it's, it's sitting up on the shelf. <laughs> okay? Uh, I don't know if it ever loses its strength or not. It hadn't blown the, the jar up anyway. <laughs> not greedy. A filthy lucre. That's money matters. Money. Now listen. You can say it two ways. Money matters. Okay. It does matter. We've got to have it. But we ought to not let it go to our head to the point the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay. If money becomes comes before you or me and our God, then we got a problem. We got a real problem. God's promised to bless us financially if we are obedient to him. He will bless us. We don't give so God will give, okay? We give out of a heart of love. We give because we want to be a, an obedient Christian. We, we need to be a, a cheerful giver for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's promised uh, to bless us. So money does matter. Pure conscience. Well, Acts twenty four sixteen says, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscious void off offense toward God and toward man. A clear conscience. Again, hey, if, it's, if, if we have ought against anybody, the Bible says, don't bring your offering to the altar until you have gone and made things right with your fellow man. Okay? And then it says you come and you make your offering. So we must have a clear conscience. You see, we need our conscience to be our guide through the Holy Spirit of God. <clears throat> and it's important that we see that, that the Holy Spirit of God does speak to our hearts, okay? Now, you may say, well, I don't have a conscience. I've heard people say, he don't have a conscience. Well, what is a conscience? You know, I think of a Amos and Andy show. If you, you'd have to go way back when old Kingfish, his conscience spoke to him. And he simply said, is, is that you, conscience? You know, he was aware of a voice. Well, I praise God for our conscience, okay? But I praise God even more for the Holy Spirit of God that lives within. Whether he speaks to my heart, speaks to my conscience, I get the message, okay? And you should, and we all need to get the message uh, that God has put out there for us. Verse 10 says, proved, okay? See, every day is a day to prove yourself. Okay, I don't have to prove myself to God. He already knows. But I'm proving I, I prove myself to my fellow man, okay? To say what I mean. If I say I'm going to do it, do it. If I can't, make a phone call, do something. Don't just pass it off and say, well, okay, don't worry about it. Um, I had to apologize this morning to someone because I told them I'd do something. I didn't do it, and I told them I'm sorry. They said, that's okay, no problem. But see, what if I hadn't said anything? And then they have the idea, well, he, don't, he doesn't care anyway. You see, every day is a day of proving ourselves. Blameless, it says. Now, can you be blameless? Uh, the basic line there is innocent before God. 
If we've asked him to forgive us of our sins, he says, I have forgiven you of your sins and cleansed you of all unrighteousness. And it's important to be blameless. Now, if we, if we have the blame or we get the blame or we take the blame, okay. But get it settled, get it cleared up. Then he goes into verse 11, he says, wives. Their wives. Um, even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Grave. Ladies must be serious about serving the Lord. Um, about being faithful to your man. About being faithful to your children. About being faithful to your church. And Linda, in that I've seen. And I thank you. I praise God for you. Then he says sober. Of course not a drunk. But when he's talking about sober, clear thinkers. Clear thinkers concerning God. Clear thinkers concerning his church. Clear thinkers concerning the family of God. Because you are going to have so many families under you that you are responsible for. All of our men have so many families that, that you are responsible for. Okay, And I, I thank God for the help uh, that we have uh, in our men. So Because it, it's important uh, that we be there in support of, of everyone. Not slanders. Don't tell and don't support lies. Be straightforward. You don't know what the truth is, and it's best not to say anything. Faithful. What does it say? In all things. What are those things? You know, hey, it's, it's everything. The reading of God's word, prayer, uh, visiting, comforting. Uh, being faithful to all the services of God that, that we have at his house here. You know, if we're not going to be, then we need to say, hey, I can't be faithful in all things, so I'm going to back off, okay? One man told me one time, he said, I, I, I was a, a deacon, and I resigned. I got off. He said, because I couldn't rule my house. Okay? I couldn't rule my house. I mean, the Bible plainly states that. Rules his household well, faithful in all things. Um, you know, to, to, to you, Linda, and all our, our, the, our wives of deacons, uh, it's a load. It's a load, just like Lynn. Hey, it's, it's, it's our calling, okay? It's our calling to serve you. Not as one, thank God I don't have to serve alone. And I praise God for her and for what she stands for and, and for the work that she does in the ministry, okay? Now, the um, Bible says um, that God will bless. In verse 12, one wife, nothing more, nothing less. One woman, man. You understand? A one woman, man. Uh, there is uh, no room for an outside lover. Again, men need to speak to men or coach men. And ladies need to speak to ladies and coach ladies. Children who honor and respect their parents. And unless I'm badly fooled, I've seen that in David. 
and the way you all have raised him. Of course, one house is enough. One household who rules the house well, one house is enough. And sometimes that gets out of hand. Verse 13 talks about a degree in boldness. Men earn this degree and God, the promise is God will bless. As we look at that, look at the verse 13. For they that have used the office of a deacon well, purchase to themselves a good degree, a good report, and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. I mean, without him, we understand and know that we're nothing, but with him, uh, we know and we understand uh, that all things are well. Now, you don't have to turn, but in just a moment, we're going to ask John to come forward and kneel here at the front, and every deacon in the house, you're invited to come and lay hands on John. I want to share with you about the laying on of hands. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there was a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows and were being neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is, not, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and go and serve tables. And because of this, they said, Brethren, I want you to look out among you and search out at least seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who you may appoint over this house, over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and ministering the word of God. After saying, this saying, please the whole multitude, and they chose. Here's the guys they chose. Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, Philip, and Porcus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmeus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Then it says, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. The laying on of hands is simply nothing but we approve of you. We will support you. We will help lead you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, John, and while I'm praying, you can come and take your uh, spot right here in the middle, and uh, you men, after we, um, after I pray, you can line up and lay hands on Brother John, and the certificate is over here on the table. Larry, turn that over, please. Um, and you sign your name on the back. So years to come, Brother John can look back and see those who were here uh, in support of him. May we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your precious word that guides us into how and what we ought to do concerning faithful men of our church. Thank you so much tonight for John. Thank you for Linda and David. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless this family in a mighty way. Help us as old or seasoned deacons of, of past and now, and I as a pastor to encourage and help guide John in the way that God would have us to. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless every man that will come forward, that you'd bless their homes, 
And we'll thank you and praise you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you men would like. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you at this time just thanking you for who you are. We also come to this time, Lord, just thank you so much for John and Linda, for their loyalty and dedication to this church, Lord, for all the years. We just pray that you'll be with them and give them strength, patience, knowledge, and understanding, Lord. And just let them understand that they ever need any assistance. They have the brother deacons that they can turn to, Lord. They have a pastor that is always there to help and assist, God. We just pray that great things will come to our church with the leadership of John and others. And God, we just pray that you continue to bless each and everything it's accomplished. We'll be sure to give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John, if you'd stand up. Face the congregation as we have our responsive reading. Deacon candidate, you have been set apart by God in the first Baptist of Westminster to a life of honor, duty, and service to God. With the leadership and guidance of Almighty God, do you accept this position of service to God and First Baptist Church? This position was created and ordained by God Himself. You vow to pray for, serve, and help support the pastor and staff as they shepherd the flock God has entrusted to us. Church, our deacons are here to love you. They're here to serve you and support you with their prayers. Do you vow to pray and support them and their families in daily prayer? To God be the glory Great things he hath done. Brother John, I have one. Okay. Brother, you come lead us in our hymn. 